ladies and gentlemen, you have made it to Brave to the Bone podcast, where we explore the dynamics of human courage in its most dynamic form, personal transformation. What does it take to dive into the unknown of ourselves? Who can help us get there? How scary is it to face our own edge? And what are the magic tools that we can use today to explore ourselves on this journey of healing just a little bit more? Today, I'm so honored to introduce to you Zoe, an RN who is the founder of the Empowerment Project with a K. We talk about reshaping mental health as a culture. Zoe has worked in the field of mental health with psychedelic study and research for trauma and PTSD. She has branched out to become her own psychedelic guide, working with transformation, people in need of moving away from their own existential anxiety and into empowerment and agency so that they can live more fulfilling lives. Zoe is my hero. You'll love this. Enjoy. Zoe, thank you so much for coming to the show today. It's wonderful to have you from Mount Shasta. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're up to now? It's hard to know where to start. I just moved from New Orleans to Mount Shasta. I'm in a process of relocation. I'm looking at the wider cycles of remembering and recircling into old patterns and lessons and Um, There's something about it that feels familiar and also new. Oh, interesting. um, And I'm seeing it kind of on a wider scale. I just left my home where I've been building a business in psychedelic therapy. I've been doing work with individuals that are struggling with different kinds of um, anxiety, depression, you know, existential angst, any, any number of ills of modern society and really and with psychedelics and trying to really help people push through their conditioning or whatever it is that's stopping them from being whole. So I'm kind of starting this project called the empowerment project in my work in mental health as a nurse. I've been, I've seen that a lot of what people are struggling with is our ways that they give their power away for various reasons, a lot of trauma. I specialize in trauma and look a lot through a trauma lens. And, and, and I'm just trying to, I feel like I'm trying to understand what really, what health really can be from a radical standpoint, helping people individually to define it for themselves and be thinking more about like what actually all the contrived all the cultural norms the capitalist norms that we've been told that make us quote-unquote happy or fulfilled or successful I just don't believe them and I think people are starting to not believe them either so we're in this place where we have to kind of redefine what what success and happiness and like fulfillment actually look like Absolutely. feel like, more importantly, what it, what it feels like. So I'm really trying to focus in on, which is where psychedelics come in. Like, what is the, what is the quality of wellness feel like in your body? Like, what, is it, what does it feel like? What might it feel like even? Because I think so many people, um, especially, you know, my background is in mental health, nursing, so inpatient trauma, eating disorders, like suicidality. Uh, you know, it's like, how, how might people find wellness and health 
from a place of crisis even. And then, you know, there's a spectrum like health, quote unquote, healthy people that are just struggling with minor issues and then all the way to people that are in crisis mode. Um, well, oh my God, Zoe, you're so cool. You're the coolest <laughs> nurse I've ever met. <laughs> um, first of all, I absolutely love how you're you're talking about exactly what's been on my mind. Empowerment with talking about our own health. No one's ever said that before. And I feel like you've hit the target completely. I was talking to a friend literally this morning about you know, they make these psych meds in an effort to treat symptoms and no one's ever looking at what exactly you just said, the ideal model of health. Nobody looks at, whoa, what is happening there? What is happening in that person that is completely connect, uh, connected, completely vibrantly healthy, more in control, aware where the emotions are not necessarily running them, but they're experiencing their emotions. So it's, it's incredible what you're doing. And I have to say, I have personal experience with finding how psychedelic therapy can really move us to places that we just couldn't go with traditional medicines. And I know that there's a lot of people that are potentially listening that are afraid. It's, it's, we have a lot of science backing this up, but they're afraid to try it because it sounds so intense. But oftentimes when you're working with someone who's a professional, when it comes to, for example, microdosing psilocybin, you hardly, the point is not to feel it at all. But I was at one point on an antidepressant and I was able to move off of it because of, you know, a controlled system of moving with microdosing. And mm. it was amazing how much healing I would feel in my body, the flushes of energy of blood flow on my back, really interesting things. Mm. And suddenly throughout the day, I'd be like, God, I'm just having such a good day. I wonder why. And then I'm thinking, oh yeah, or sometimes I forget, how did I get off, you know, taking that low dose antidepressant? And I'm like, my friends are like, well, you, it's because you started microdosing. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so true. I, I forget, but it's profoundly amazing. There is such a wealth of untapped potential in um, all sorts of areas. So I think you're completely going the, the right direction. And I love that your background is also in mental health. I'm sure that your heart has just melted for the patients that you've taken care of who've really suffered. And you've seen that the medicine is not always the medicine, you know, so it's just amazing. Oh. Do, you, do you want to take us maybe back to when you, when you became a nurse and how you ended up in mental health and how you kind of started in this direction? Did it, you talk a lot about trauma. Did you find yourself in a place where you needed a lot of healing? For sure. I want to first say, because it's, it's, a, it's such a long story. It's such a, you know, I live so much of my life in the subconscious realm. So it's like, where do you even start? There's a whole entire universe um, that I could mention. But um, I also just want to say um, that microdosing, it's really great that you mentioned how subtle it is, where you don't even remember that that's how you became well. Because the, the act of becoming well, it, it is your own. It is an empowerment it helps, like I talk about microdosing as like an emotional lubricant where it like really, I, I do microdosing coaching with people. So I have a lot of experience with people and the different ways that it affects every single person and to help them move through whatever it is that they're moving through. Like I really feel like actual mental health in the way that I'm trying to envision it and 
radicalize it is highly individual. And something like microdosing hits you just in the right spot where you need it, the wider you, the whoever, the personal, the individual, which um, we could talk more about that. I'm really passionate about it and do a lot of coaching around that. As far as I go, I'm not used to talking about myself. So it's, it's kind of vulnerable and, and I'm here for it too. So I started nursing um, for a lot of reasons. I think I was always wanted to be like a, a creative person and a, like I, I wanted to be a fashion designer. I wanted to be, you know, I had a lot of ideas. I'm like very creative thinker, but I grew up pretty poor and in, in scarcity my family so it was always kind of like it's not like I was ever going I didn't feel the entitlement of like going to a four-year university or spending a lot of money so I was like what is the thing that I can do that that also I will say fashion design I became I was really pretty jaded at an early age became really depressed and nihilistic and kind of like punky and just like what is this capitalist bullshit? Like no one understands like this is, you know, this is really, look what we're doing to the earth. You know, I was just really, I was really emo about the world. And so, you know, I knew fashion design. I was like, this is, this is also feeding into this whole system that I don't believe in. And that I was also really caught in, right? Because, you know, fighting your conditioning, you're, you're fighting it because it's in you. It's got its claws in you. So it, and I did, throughout my life, I did um, accumulate trauma without really knowing what that was and how that affected me and my body. And I didn't have any real help in mental health. Like, no, I never had a therapist. My family didn't really support me in that. Or there was like a lot of avoidance. And, I, you know, so I think looking back on it, I really wanted to help people that were struggling because nobody, I wasn't receiving help and I was struggling. And I also wanted like to be able to survive myself without relying on anybody else in nursing. I think I've seen, um, and you've probably seen a lot of nurses that they're like some, sometimes I've worked in a lot of places where people come from poverty and the nurses are like, I'm the, I have this job and I can support myself and I can buy my car and I can take care of my kids. And I'm the first one in my family that can do that. And there's a lot of talk about empowerment, you know? Um, And so just having that kind of security is one part of it. And, um, and another part was just, you know, I, I've always like, I wanted to see, I think one of the greatest things nursing did for me in the early years going, you know, I went to nursing school in Key West and then I worked in South Florida and, you know, and I, and in New Orleans and I was just like, I really want to see the gritty, the gritty, like the underbelly. I want to see what's going on. Like I want to see the people that are, you know, 400 pounds and on oxygen because of their lifestyle habits. And, you know, I want to see the, if I, I want to see it with my own eyes. How can I have an opinion if I, like there's something I hold really dear about nursing still, even as I'm branching off into something else about like what it actually is, what mental health and what even physical health, how it's treated, especially with people, with people that are impoverished 
Like how do we actually take care of or not take care of the people that are affected that are the lowest on the totem pole in this hierarchical culture. Mm -hmm. Unbeknownst to me, you know, all that was sociopolitical and heart expanding. And I was learning a lot about other cultures. Like I learned a lot about different kinds of people that I didn't know before from working in South Florida, for example. Um, There was a lot of immigrants and just a lot of African American people. And just like, I was just learning about, the the subtleties of poverty in a different way than I had experienced. So I worked in med surge always nights, always working nights to uh, avoid the administrative people. <laughs> I've got that punk rock kind of attitude. But and then I ended up switching into mental health, where I kind of that was, you know how it's like the Chiron, it's like the wounded healer, you know. Just and I from there I started really learning. I was like, oh, people with PTSD, I know what that's like. Like I I know what that's like. Like I totally understand what dissociation is. Like I totally like I I didn't know that necessarily um, until I really started working intensely in on the PTSD, like a trauma specialty unit. I love how um, you say that you're punky because I have an 18 year old son who I call him a pterodactyl to get, he's so against <laughs> the man and paying taxes that to, he's working now his first job mm-hmm. and only five days in. And it was so freaking hard to get him to, you know, put his hair in a ponytail, put some nice pants on and get him to show up for his first day at work. And it's like, mm-hmm. and watching you as such a, an amazing human being who still holds on to all these ideas and you're so eloquent about them. I just gives me so much hope for his punkiness because it's really hard because the thing about punky kids is that they're they're right. They're 100% correct. <laughs> they're seeing the world is broken and they're pissed and no one else is looking at it. And I don't know how to, you know, my first son who I'm like, oh my God, I know you're right, but I don't know how to fix it. And you just have to go to work, you know? <laughs> so it's yeah. amazing that you found yourself in nursing and that you're looking beyond the picture. So I'm just um, ecstatic that you're here to talk about this and mental health. Um, For me, just to make you feel not so alone, you know, I gave up drinking wine a a little over a year ago and it was that that spearheaded me into noticing that I had trauma. You know, Mm -hmm. if I hadn't done that, um, I was in the PACU. I just wasn't around it medically. So I'm so grateful that you got to experience and see it because once we see it, then we start to go, oh, how can I move this? So when in your experience did you start to be like, okay, well, I think I need some healing. There's layers, right? There's layers. on. There's In timelines, there's so many layers. One thing I do want to say about your son, though, just real fast, is that, you know, it's kind of like I just had a great vision of you being like, okay, what are you going to do about it? Right? It's like, that's kind of the ethic. It's like, okay, you're pissed. And then how do you use that energy in a constructive way? Like, what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. Being angry is just self, it can burn you up inside. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there, there is a, like, how can this become a constructive thing? Mm -hmm. You know? And I love that. I love yeah. that vision of you being like, so what are you going to do about what it? What are we, what are, or what can we, you know, do about it? Like, mm. it, you know what I mean? As a family, where can we start? Mm. The world is, is wild. 
So I first started realizing I needed healing around, I think I was about 30, 29, 30. I'm 37 now. I kind of realized it before that, earlier in my 20s. And I, I, you know, I was looking at woofing. I was like trying to spend time in nature. I knew that was good for me. And I'm just going to stop you and say, um, woof, I know what woofing is, but for our audience, woofing is like worldwide organic farming. So you would travel all over the world just and stay on properties to help them farm and learn how to farm, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thanks for that. You know, and I went to, I, I kind of would like kind of knew it on a subconscious level, but it didn't really become very apparent until I was about 30. And then I had worked my first nursing job. I had a year of uh, working very intense, very intense med surgeon, a very poor place with a lot of um, indigent people, immigrants, like very, very low on the cultural totem pole. It was an experience and with very poor, poor rates. It was basically like a step-down unit with an eight-to-one patient ratio. It was wild. There, were, you know, there was no supplies. It was chronically understaffed. It was wild. The, the things that I saw there, it was like everyone had bed sores. Like there was so many people that was like a gang area. So there's a lot of people that were paraplegic from gunshot wounds and just like literally had no bottom. It, like you could touch people's pelvis and you're like doing wound changes and then there's people in, you know, it was, it was a wild, wild time. So I had just finished my first nursing job. I was in a relationship that was really codependent and I got this call. Maybe it was my Saturn return or something. And it was just like, I was trying to go, I went to Vipassana and then I went to South America um, with my partner who was like threatening to commit suicide. It was just like really codependent. And they were just like, don't leave me. And I'm like, okay, come with me then. Cause I'm going, you know, I just made 15 grand. Like I saved $15,000. I'm going, I'm going to go until my money runs out. We went to South America or we went to Mexico and then basically spent about a year and a half traveling, broke up somewhere in between there. You know, I went to Guatemala. I, I did a, and that's, that's where I learned about ayahuasca. And I, I just, before that, I was, went on a Vipassana retreat before we left. Can you explain what that is? Yeah, Vipassana is, it's, a, it's like a crystallized version of uh, the preserved Buddhist meditation technique. And it's a 10-day silent retreat. So it's, it's basically, they, they teach you the whole process of, of Vipassana meditation. It's really cool. And it taught me a lot about integrity because Vipassana is, uh, they have centers all around the world that are completely donation-based. You can't pay. You can't donate unless you've sat a 10-day course. Wow. So it's really cool. Like it, it's like so crisply integritous. And I really just Okay, so where that. was your first one? In Georgia, in Jessup, Georgia. <laughs> But they have them all over the world. Okay. It was preserved from Bhutan. It was, that was, uh, there's a whole story about it, but it basically it was taken from India and preserved in Bhutan is the story until sometime in the last century. And, oh my um, God. So you did this before you went to Guatemala and learned. So you already had this um, 
deep-seated understanding of your soul in silence and the, po- the, the possibilities that were out there? Is that what you feel? Like it kind of gave you some groundwork for understanding who you were a little bit more to be brave enough to jump into more possibilities? I think that there's like, to be quite honest, there's this like underground stream, you know, like a spring of desire to heal that I feel like I know I'm aware of it. I think I do believe that it's in everybody. And I, you know, I like, I hear the call and I'm like, this is what I need to do. I don't know why I need to do it, but this is, this is how I'm being guided. And like, it's so scary to do that. (laughs) I do it. And it was kind of like that. Like I known I needed to do Vipassana before before I, I did it, but I was like, okay, this is it. Now I need to go to South America. I didn't even know about ayahuasca. I had taken mushrooms a few times. I had taken LSD, but I went there not knowing anything about it. And I just like kind of heard this call and I was, we were, me and my partner at the time were, were about to go into a, a farm to do that woofing again. And I was like, last minute, I was like, you know, there's this other place that I feel like we need to go instead. And to my surprise, they didn't fight me on it. And it ended up being this place called Alchemia, which was on the Rio Dulce in Guatemala. It was a a Mayan herbal medicine internship. The woman who was running it was an Italian woman who had been a a biochemist who was, who did their PhD on synthesizing DMT. Wow. So, so I, which I didn't know anything about. And I, you know, and she was, she was deep into shamanic practice from all she had been doing, you know, for, for years and years. So that was like, and psychodrama and like all this like healing theater and, uh, you know, just really and witchy stuff, which I didn't know anything about. But then when we got there, we were there for like two months and it was, it was really my introduction to entheogens in a way and shamanism. Like all teachers, I find teachers to, in my experience to be highly imperfect people. You know, they're, they're trying to show the world something, but we're all coming to this from a place of woundedness. Absolutely. You can't get, you know, the wounded healer is a thing. Nobody just, I, I don't know who wakes up and decides they're going to like martyr themselves to heal the world when they just wake up every day feeling great. Like we're all trying to figure out our own struggles through healing others. It's like the Chiron in astrology. Uh, amazing. Uh-huh. From there, I went on to South America and then I started, I, I mean, what a journey. One day I'll write a book about it because it was really something. Can you take us back to some experiences that maybe just blew your mind? Oh, yeah, it was just quite a journey into like figuring out, uh, you know, I was at, the, at that point, I was traveling by myself. So, you know, I was finding I didn't know where to go. I didn't know who to ask. I didn't like, I didn't have a lot of money. And I was still very much in scarcity where I wasn't going to go to a big center. I wasn't, you know, I still had this idea that I had to like, you know, manipulate my way into like anything like there's a lot of self worth stuff about like, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't deserve to whatever, like go where the rich people go or something like that. So one of my first experiences, I was in Colombia and I met this guy on the street. 
I wanted a fabric store. I was doing some little sewing project or whatever. And I asked the guy on the street where I could find a fabric store. And the guy, he didn't say anything to me. I asked him in Spanish, right? But I guess he could tell I was an English speaker. And he pointed to the guy next to him. And the guy next to him spoke English. But he just, yeah, I'll take you there. And in the course of like, five minutes, he started telling me that he was part of a ayahuasca group in that city and invited me to, to join that group. And it was like, I was all by myself. This is a man, like 30 years, my senior, you know, and it was just like, is this safe? Like, I don't know how, okay, but I'm going to trust this. Like, this is really strange. Like how, what are the odds? He's just standing there. And he's like, hey, I'm just going to choose to talk to you about this right now. I don't talk to most people about this, but this is what I'm going to do. And like, would you like to come? And then I stayed with that community and drank ayahuasca with them a few times. And they all spoke Spanish. I was the only English speaker there. And they were, they were this like kind of strange, they were like a, a community that lived inside of a, in the valley of like a big city in the Andes and you know it, a little bit culty and weird like I was just really strange it was like I and I love surrealism it's like my it's like the juice you know it's the nectar it's so yummy and I so I appreciated that and, and it was a wild experience into that started me on my healing journey they say ayahuasca can affect your DNA like once you drink it, it starts to work on you and it's really strong and it brings up, it, it's been essential in my healing journey over, I know this sounds woo-woo, but like over multiple lifetimes and ancestral traumas and generational stuff that I'm carrying and like being aware of the subtleties on multiple levels, it can all kind of collide and rub over each other. There's so many layers and so it started to help me understand that there might, I had always believed there could be another way of functioning than the way I was functioning, which was very much in trauma mode. But it started to like give me eyes to experience, to start to navigate the, the waters a little bit. It feels like there had to have been a lot of punky courage to get you to that place to open your eyes. So it's like, Still, I see that punkiness is such a gift for you. And then did you see yourself then as either having more compassion for yourself, so knowing that you needed to continue yourself on this journey, or did you see yourself as having a higher purpose that you needed to fight to work towards, or was it both? Um, I think the self-compassion came much later. At that point, it was still survival mode and always, always with the focus on, on healing the world. Like I remember being a child and being like, when I grow up, I'm going to have, have a restaurant. And in the, you know, at night we're going to close down the restaurant and we're going to lay out beds for homeless people. Aww. You know, I was just always like, I always, that was, has always been a focus, like the empathy and compassion for other people, really not for myself. So the self-compassion came much later and was revolutionary. And honestly, now with clients, that's where I start. Because I that that made everything easier. It took the gravity out of everything that I was doing. So that's like where I try to start with people now. For me, that that lesson came much later. It was just like 
fire energy, like will, like throwing myself from one fire to another, the fire of transformation and like what doesn't kill me makes me stronger and, and curiosity. And like, just, I was operating in such a, like, I'm going to figure this out or I'm going to die doing it, you know, just like guns out, you know, because I, there was no real guide. Like I never, I didn't have any guides. I didn't know. I didn't have anybody being like, you know, Hey, this is, you could do it this way. Like most of the people I found were really confused. So it was, you know, it, it was a lot of like trying to figure, figure my way out. You know, I, and, and really what has kept me going, like the flame has been the remembrance of being connected and a child and being like, un, and having an understanding of divinity and joy, remembering the process of losing that and, beco- and becoming traumatized and then being like, I remember something different and I'm, I'll be damned if I'm going to die suffering like there's i'm gonna figure out a way to to experience to to be in the experience of joy as an alive person because life is so beautiful and erotic and you know like i just want to like yeah and dance in and explode into colors and like you know and 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 trauma and collective trauma you know and it it really puts a damper on all that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I just had this vision of you, you know, when you say, I'll be damned if I don't figure this out, of uh, yeah. you on the moon, staking a claim, staking your flag, <laughs> like, I don't care how I find do it, I'm going to find a way. <laughs> so when you talk about, like, you felt like your DNA was healed on a deeper level, and, you know, in ayahuasca, I hear them talk a lot about this um, female spirit that really works through the ayahuasca do you feel that you're more spiritually connected now all the time? Do you feel that spirit that you experienced then in those periods um, come to you at other times in your life now when you're not on, you know, ayahuasca? Absolutely. Um, my entire life has changed. Clearing the debris, clearing the conditioning. It's, I also will say there's, it's so dense. So much has happened. Um, it's been a really dense seven years. But over, over that amount of time, so much of the debris has been cleared to make space for the potency of ecstatic spirituality to be, you know, a pretty regular thing in my life where I am connected to nature and to my own self and to other people. And I can shape shift into the energy of a tree and communicate and you know and be really really in tune with the micro movements of the energies around me and within me and have some you know part of trauma is like losing your agency right which is why i'm so keen on empowerment so like having agency in the spiritual emotional world and you know asking for help like learning to ask for help from spiritual things that i've come in contact with in ayahuasca but also you know, it's, it's like, it's completely changed my orientation to one that feels much lighter and where there's more space for possibility and for me to exist and to allow other people to exist. And like in my work, when I do sessions with people, I can, I can see there, I could see what's moving through them in a spiritual way. I can, 
you know, in an energetic way and an emotional way. There's, so it's made me much more permeable and have better boundaries at the same wow, time. Wow, amazing. So you started your business when, and you were also working part-time as a nurse or? Yeah, I was, I've been, I've been working part-time as a nurse. I would also like, as I released the idea of scarcity, which is edgy, right? I'm realizing more and more that I, I, I will be safe in doing the work that I need to do without falling back on the system that I'm really disillusioned with. And, and there's a sense of like, I really wanted to, I didn't want to abandon the people that are stuck in that system. So I felt like I needed to be there for the people that are stuck in, you know, I need my Valium. I need my Depakote. Like I need, you know, that, that are really attached to their disorder. Absolutely. Where I, you know, I don't feel, I don't feel like I, the urge to radicalize and re-envision mental health, which is such a big, it's a big undertaking, you know, and I'm, I, but I, I feel really strong about it. I, I'm started doing that independently, like two years ago. Before that, I was working for a company doing psychedelic research. And then I started working with people on my own that would kind of come to me. It's, it's growing itself. Like I'm not, I'm not, I just made a website, but I'm still tweaking it because it's edgy to put myself out there, which obviously I do, you know, and talking to you, it's very clear that what I'm about, but I want to, I want to do right by people. You know, I want to do the best I can for people and for culture and, you know, for transformation of radical transformation of culture. So yeah, I started doing this about two years ago and it's kind of grown um, on its own. It's really pretty organic. I, I started doing like what I'm calling it transformational coaching. I do 90 minute sessions with people and we're just like with a really intense focus on like a loving, caring container for a whole process try to just it's not like no one-offs this is really like okay we're gonna work together what what are you struggling with like let's get to the bottom of things and then and and a lot of it ends up being quite existential and quite trauma-based but we don't we start with people where they're at what's affecting people now is usually if if it happened and it's not still affecting you it doesn't matter right right um until it does. But yeah, but and so I a lot of people, I do a lot of microdosing consults and, and help people work through that. Um, I think that's highly empowering for people, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. right? What I try to do is I work with people for a set period of time and through a journey, um, a preparation for a journey, a journey, and then follow up and maybe several of those. And then they call me when they need to. Like there's an empowerment part of that where it's like, I'm here to support you. Like I, my, I need, I want, my goal is to make people feel as safe as they can to do whatever they need to do. And they know that I will have them. Like I hold a strong container energetically, spiritually, and physically, you know, I'm just like, mama's holding it down, you know, so that mm-hmm. people can, I, cause I wish I had had that at mm-hmm. any point where somebody would be like, Hey, go ahead and feel your feelings. And like, I'll be here and support you in that you feel you can surrender and it's safe to do that. Like, I feel like that's what people really 
need and want. And we could talk so much about culture. It's really fun and kind of easy to go into cultural ills and the ideas we have about how to, what's needed in culture, in our culture that's so sick and You've just moved to beautiful Mount Shasta and are you looking to get hired part-time into nursing or you, do you have the um, resources and uh, feeling that it's time to kind of bloom there with your business? And Right now I'm, I'm, I'm in another one of those like underground streams of following faith, which is actually quite scary. Like I have, my ego has emotions about it, about safety and I feel very much like I've been called to be here and I'm just not sure exactly for what, but I know it's like the next big leap into something, into my calling, I'll say that, like into whatever, whatever I've been building towards, this is an immense time of creativity. And, uh, and I'm in a partnership that's really supportive of that and, and also helping me heal wounds around scarcity. If I do get a nursing job here, I have a feeling I've been wanting to uh, work in the Indian Health Service. I know there's, there's a lot of trauma and addictions there, which I have a lot of experience with. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, and, and also with psychedelics and I, I and there's, and with ayahuasca and I, I'm not sure exactly what's in store for me. <laughs> and it's less, it's becoming less and less, like you were asking, how has this affected my life? Like it's becoming, I've become much less cerebral and intellectual and much more intuitive and feeling based. So I follow, I'm following these, these threads and these rivers and these, you know, these knowings and just trying to stay aware and be where I need to be and surrender my my own ego while still taking action where I need to. And it's a really, it's a hard thing to qualify. And that's, and I'm struggling with that right now about like, okay, but what do I need to do in this physical world? To be fair, I just got here on Tuesday. So uh-huh. I'm a little impatient, right, for <laughs> you sure. know? Yeah. Um, and, and I'm I like, think all of us are, I mean, I think that when you talk about that, what should I be doing, doing, doing? We're so doing based. When you start to feel more healed, you start to find joy in waking mm. up in the morning and just living this one beautiful singular day. And, you know, the gratitude that you have just such a wonderful partner. Mm. But I just will say that I'm, I'm so happy for you. I'm happy to talk to you because I love hearing how scary it is to follow those. And I love the visual of the underground springs of healing because um, people do need support. It's very scary to follow your intuition the way you're talking, to tap into it and trust it. I even have a hard time when I'm just feeling tired. I'm like, okay, I'm tired. And then I start to trip. Why am I tired? Am I depressed? It's like this ridiculous, (laughs) like to follow our intuition is like, the biggest purpose we could ever have. So I'm just so excited to talk about that with you because people need help too. You know, it's like, as you do it, you share how were you brave enough to do the let go to do it, you know, to trust. Absolutely. And I, and I, I used to think like, I used to really be like, uh, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And I'm like, that's not true. Like, I don't, I, I think it is true, but the way I wouldn't wish what I went through on anybody. And like, so I, 
because I was pretty knocked down drag out. And I'm like, I can now be there to support people so they don't have to do that. Uh-huh. You know, like I'm willing, I want to do the preliminary work because I'm like super fierce you know, that I can do the work to, I, anyone can do it, but it's like, I want to be there to like support people in that process. I think that's a big part of, of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Do you, you know? think that, yeah. Do you think that your super fierceness, I, I can feel that describes you so well. Do you think that helps tip the scale for you to, to move that super gentleness into that inner intuition? Do you feel like mm. having both of those things like allows you to do that? Mm, That's really beautiful. That's a beautiful question. Yeah. Yeah. It would make me want to celebrate that ferociousness. It's like this, that duality because that ferociousness is giving you that gentleness. It's, it's really cool. There's also a fierce love that comes with it, you know, of like, there's a lot of just really big, big compassion and love that comes with that like protective energy and like that I think is real and 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 softness is something I've had to learn but it but it's it balances really nicely and and it's like that thing about duality that I that I love I'm essentially a non-dualist as a in principle but like we live in an in duality and that's just a fact and it's fun and it's contrast and all those things but like your darkest dark is as dark as your brightest light. So like the, the widest, and I feel like that's what you're speaking to. Like the, the contrast of ferocity and like softness, like how can you be fiercely soft? Like the most soft, the most vulnerable and the most fierce. It's like, that's a wide range of possibility. Wow. You know? Yeah. That's so cool. I know that you've just moved and so everything's fresh. But is there anything about your life or your routine that you really stick to that is like total medicine for you to have a container that's nourishing for you? Or are you pretty fluid with how you move through your days now? Um, that's a great question. It's important to have something to come back to. I think I've, I've been, I've learned a really good grounding and centering practice that is you know, I'm trying to be able to do it when I need it. Like to the biggest thing for me is to recognize when I need it and to take action and just take five minutes and go into myself and ground into the earth and connect up to the sky, find my grounding cord and then find my center, breathe into my center and like check in with my energy field and, you know, and just notice where I'm at and what I need and be loving and kind to myself and, and, and ask, you know, invite in any colors, shapes, animals, like strength, you know, whatever it is, like hold myself. What, and, it, and it doesn't have to be, I think the big thing, it can feel like a big deal. Sometimes I need a bigger process. I need to write it out. I need to go for a walk. I need to sing or hum. Humming is really helpful mm-hmm. for like that grounding, but it's going deeply internal and checking in and then finding a connection. Interesting. Can I ask you for the people like myself who don't even realize when it's time for them to check in, how do you know? Is it an emotion? Because what I see is when I'm connecting, you know, when I first got on the call with you, I felt like, I don't know, I'm in, in touch with you now, like our energies are, are synced. But at first I felt a little bit discombobulated. So it wasn't until I 
saw how your energy was that I saw how kind of discombobulated I was. Is that a cue or is it emotional like anxiety that gives you cues to check in, to ground into Mm. resource like that? I feel like it's any kind of like I now I call it agitation, uh-huh. but it's like anything that's like you you uh-huh. like you're like something isn't right, you know. And it, of course, it's I don't know. I mean, like, like when we first got on this call, you you were like, I need just need to take a breath, and that was like, how did you know to take a breath? You know, mm-hmm. it was some kind of. Well, I always take a breath because this call is so important to me. And I feel Mm -hmm. like, you know, I got to, I pray that this message is reaching people that it needs to reach. And I just want to be 100% here for for it because it's, you know, it's just such a fun little creation. Podcasting is like baking really special cakes. (laughs) Oh, oh. Yeah. And putting them out for whoever. It's like a, it's like Jesus's fish, you know, it's like widely distributed, you know? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't Um, know much about that story, but that's interesting. Just about like, it's a, it's a a nourishment that can be spread widely. Uh uh Uh-huh. As widely as it needs to among infinity people for infinity time. Yeah. This was really, really cool. I love how you talked about that being a good routine that was like hitting right to the core of how we can live a better life and um, have more of a container. And it really brings us to the moment. It's instead of being, well, I get up at 4 a.m. and I write, you know, for two hours and then I go for a 30, you know, it's so, it's so much more beautiful and um, natural than that. And practical, you know, because I think one of the biggest things is like people will beat themselves up. Like the number one thing we got to stop doing in Western culture is like beating ourselves up for every little thing. Totally. Like, you know, that's what we don't need to do that. It actually, you know, we could take a good thing and destroy it like that. It is much more present moment focused to be like, there's something agitate. It's mindfulness. I mean, that's another spin you could put on it, but like, there's something not right. Let me like go inside myself and figure it out and find my inner resource or, you know, figure out what I need to do and how I, I need to, you know, show up for myself in this moment instead of like, I'll put that off till tomorrow when I have my writing routine. Like that's not necessarily self-care in a practical way. For anybody out there that is really struggling right now, is there anything, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously I think that they should connect with you. So I want to give you an opportunity to like give us ways to contact you, but also what can people do today if they're just feeling a little stuck? It's hard to, I think it's hard to imagine that there's this accessible spiritual realm for people who have never kind of jumped off the cliff like you have, you know what I mean? In, in, mm-hmm. in ways of, you know, doing ayahuasca mm-hmm. which for many people, it's not, it's way too terrifying to even consider. Um, but therefore the accessibility of this, you know, field of spirituality and um, energy is just kind of, they're a little bit separate from it. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I think it's, uh, there's a lot, especially our culture's highly intellectual and doesn't believe in anything below the neck, you know, and kind of, you know, decapitates us 
you know, from the rest of our experience where a lot of knowledge lives. I think for people, I mean, what I really, I, I think I've been saying this, but I mean, if people are struggling, I think it's important for them to know that it's okay and normal to feel what they're feeling and that it's not their fault and that they didn't create the problems of the world like we were born into this and that they have a right to be here and to feel what they're feeling and it's not for no reason you know it might be confusing or scary or sad or you know but like that 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 it's okay and and important and um they're not doing anything wrong that's so you know yeah thank you for saying that i love that right now i'm also in a process of trying to figure out what what this new what what this is going to look like how i'm going to streamline what i'm doing in a way that's efficient and effective so i have a website and uh, email in new orleans a lot of my clients were word of mouth so they would just people would just give my phone number to their friends or you know and they would text me and I'm trying to transition into my website is empowermentproject.org with p-r-o-j-e-k-t with a k instead of a c okay um and then my email is the same at but at gmail so empowermentproject with a k dot com dot org dot org and i and i'm still working on it you know i i'm trying to like it's hard for me to say concisely what i'm what i'm trying to do with people but essentially um i'm meeting people where they're at and being like what is it what do you what are you struggling with what's up for you now like what's present for you now and that's like the jumping off point to any number of what can you imagine what might be possible? Like, what are you, what are you going towards? What do you not know that you feel like you want to know? Like, how do you feel about mortality? Like anything, you know, just really just open. I feel like it all leads there. I feel like people that are really committed to healing, um, it's, it's kind of a Pandora's box, Mm -hmm. um, into, into the ethereal. If people want to take it there, you know? Wow. Amazing. And I really want to acknowledge and thank you for doing this work. I really, when I, when you contacted me and I saw a brave to the bone and I saw, you know, the picture, the, the, the skeleton in the heart, I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, gets it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad. Thank you so much. It's just been a pleasure. Yeah. I'm just grateful for you and thanks for what, what you're doing and the passion you put into this project. Thank you so you know? much. And, uh, you know, it takes all of us to, to make our world something that we can, we can, if we can imagine it, we could build it. You know, we're only limited by our imaginations oh. and our capacity to show up, you know. Uh-huh. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I am so excited to continue to be here and show you branches of healing and moving through transformation with resources all over this planet.
Do not forget that we are on a ball in infinite space and anything is possible. If you'd like to reach me, please email me at thehealedhero at gmail.com. Join my Facebook group, The Healed Hero Collective, or find me on Instagram at Heal Your Hero. Keep moving forward. Keep going strong. Many blessings for you. Take care.